All right, how we doing, everybody? I'm your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Season three of the Red Talk podcast is here. Another season of football is upon us, and we are so excited to unveil a few new sponsors here at Red Talk. The first being BetMGM Sportsbook, a world-class sports betting platform accessible online via the website or through the mobile app app bet mgm sportsbook available in the apple app store sign up with bet mgm today using promo code play 1000 no spaces play 1000 for a risk-free bet up to $1000 the app works seamlessly they have everything you could ever imagine on there player props this guy to hit a home run this guy to get a hit baseball basketball soccer tennis Futures bets, everything you can imagine, Bet MGM Sportsbook, available on the Apple App Store. Also, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the newest and most innovative DFS app out there. Underdog lets you parlay multiple matchups like total yards, total bases, total points with specific players to turn a few dollars into hundreds of dollars. Use promo code UDPROMO22. For a free $100 bonus when you start playing, that's UD Promo 22. Sign up now and turn game day into payday. And I wouldn't be me if I forgot O'Shea's Irish Pub. O'Shea's Irish Pub, three locations all around the Louisville area, Southern Indiana and Jeffersonville, 123 Main Street downtown, 956 Baxter Avenue near Bartstown Road. The best service, the best bar, the best vibes in the entire city. O'Shea's Irish Pub doing better than ever open late. Come see us. All right, let's get it going. Red Talk, we are back. Hi, I'm your host, Will Reddington. A.B. Austin Bickett is here. And football is back. I think we've started the last three episodes like that, but we did have a full weekend of college football. The NFL returns tonight, coming out Thursday morning. Rams, Bills at like 820 or something. It's it's going to be awesome defending champs, getting their rings. Uh, I'm somehow really excited after just being absolutely demoralized all weekend um, my vibes are okay. How are your vibes? Uh, you know, it, it depends on the day right now. They're pretty high. It's basically Christmas Eve or I guess Christmas day for those, those listening, you know, there's nothing, nothing matches the NFL as much as I love every sport in the world. There's nothing like NFL. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't do great as a collective over the weekend. You know, things could, could definitely be better, but they could also be worse. You know, you can't throw, I, I, I think we learned the lesson every year that you can't throw too many darts week one. You got to kind of kind of feel it out and then we go out and do it anyway so you know we'll, we'll be having this game same conversation same time next year but you know vibes are vibes are okay right now I'm, I'm just we're on to week one of the nfl yeah we we know this stuff we just can't remember it because <laughs> a whole year goes by so 
I don't know if we even know it. We, but we, we know it. Relearn yeah, it. Yeah, we know it, and then we see all the games on at once, and you're used to watching baseball for six months. Like, okay, it's go time, finally. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, um, I just I just hate college football so much. I, I really do. It. I, I always forget how much I hate it until it starts, and I'm watching it. And then, you know, uh, unpopular take here, I do wish I was watching some baseball. Um <laughs> It's probably just me, so we'll we'll go ahead and move on. Um, UK beat Miami of Ohio. They looked pretty good in the second half. Congratulations, one and zero. How exciting! Uh, but uh, for anybody tuning in to hear me be really pissed off, uh, this is going to be your little two minute stretch. So congratulations! I lost the Louisville and LSU game, and perhaps the the two worst ways that you can lose a football game. Uh, Louisville, being that we never had a chance, got absolutely pummeled by a Syracuse team who had an over-under of four and a half for season wins, a team that Louisville had beaten 71-3 to in combined years. Cards fans, feeling good going into this year. Malik Cunningham coming back for his 12th season. Satterfield, he's figured it out. He's got every recruit in America and some, maybe some international ones too, all coming to L to play football. Yay. Syracuse 31, Louisville 7. Tyon Evans breaks one touchdown. That was really fun when it happened outside of that. Just an absolutely miserable experience in your basement. I, I, I'm kind of mad at the people in my life. You know, the, the Louisville fans, I, I want to show some accountability. So some of it's on me, but like, why are we not talking like, Hey, is there a chance that we just suck? Cause you know, we've, we've sucked for kind of a while. Um, and we, why would things be different this year? What's different about them? I don't think I had those conversations. I think every week one I get suckered into just because of the people I hang out with yourself included, um, just suckered into betting the cards week one, you know, I'm hyped up, I'm throwing miles up and it, it never goes well. Uh, the only the only reason I think I did it this year is because it was Syracuse and you guys always destroy Syracuse. If it was any other team, probably wouldn't have done it. But yeah, man, I mean, uh, Louisville's been bad the last few years, but now that, that's maybe the worst performance yet. Yeah, a lot of two thousand eighteen yeah comparisons. Like two thousand eighteen was like depression based. You know, they were like two and ten or something. This is like anger. Like you, you've been here for a really long time. These are these are all your guys. You know, like what. What are we doing? Syracuse had a wide receiver at quarterback converted. They had one player, number 34, which I could remember his name, looked to be a really good player. We'll see if that was just a Louisville effect or not, but they would just give him the ball and we couldn't tackle him. Missed the first tackle every single play. Malik can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Um, if you were looking to learn some new wide receivers names and their stories, that wasn't the game for you. And, uh, yeah, just a really, really bad time. And, like, what's up with Syracuse's crowd? Why was that place, like, yeah, rocking? it was the Super Bowl in there. It, they knew. Yeah, as soon as we, as soon as the game came on, we looked at you, we were like, we we're, we're f- <laughs> this is over. Yeah. <laughs> did yeah, not, well, we were. Did not expect them to be getting up that much for that game. But, you know, first game of the year, everybody's undefeated. And the place was rocking. Yeah, and they're still undefeated. The Louisville Cardinals, however, are not. Um not much more to elaborate on. We'll talk later when we get to our picks. Um, LSU uh, plays Florida State Sunday Night Football. I get off the mat. I throw on my LSU playlist. I shake it off. Here we go. LSU, they haven't let me down yet. And yeah. uh, I felt a, a little bit like uh, Spider-Man No Way Home movie when uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Spider-Man, Tom Holland's version, are like fighting. And then he pulls his soul out of his body for a second and just levitates him there. So that's what I felt like when I walked to get a beer after an intense celebration, almost jumped in the pool with clothes on. 
when we tied the game after a 99-yard drive with no time on the clock, only to miss the extra point. Two PATs or field goals missed under 30 yards, and two punts dropped. Uh, saw people saying it's the worst special teams performance by a college team in a game of all time. And I can't think of one that's worse. The two worst ways to lose a football game, never having a chance and giving it away. Yeah, I think never having a chance is probably more painful because, like, you just you just got out, you just got outplayed, you know. Um, no, <laughs> or no, 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 no. The chance. other way around. Never having a chance is a better way to lose because, yeah, like, you just get over. Yeah, like, is, you it's just dying not a from good like team. a disease. Yeah, you know, like slowly dying. Not instant. Death. Uh, the other one is a gunshot, yeah. not to the head, like to the chest. <laughs> you have and to bleed out. For a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. That I mean, that special teams teams performance was the worst I've ever seen. I know me and a lot of people always have these hot take reactions like in the moment but i mean i can't remember anything worse there's probably nothing worse as a football fan than special teams mistakes like they have one job and i know they're they're players and there's a lot going on out there but yeah i mean there's there's nothing demoralizing everybody always says you know it's one one third of the game but like it it's not really they're on the field like 10 plays a game and they yeah, it, when they make a mistake so don't yeah don't do anything dumb and yeah. That last drive by LSU was insane until the PAT. Um, they shouldn't have had a chance after that fumble. Then Florida State gave it right back. Don't really know what was going on on that. Uh, Very nice the of pitch them. play on third and goal from the one. Just super cool. Yeah, could have done literally anything else. Could have ran a QB spike and it would have been, you know, okay, that's not a terrible play. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jaden Daniels looked okay in the run game. He kind of found it in the past game. His offensive line just looked got destroyed all all game. I'm not really going to put that on him. He didn't really have much of a, a chance out there. Um, Boutte obviously has to be more involved. He's first team All-American. Deleted his Instagram after the game. That's never great. But No, he didn't delete yeah, his Instagram. He deleted, all he deleted the LSU everything LSU-related. Yeah. So, Boutte is a strong candidate to be our player that quits this year. We always have one. I mean, uh, Jamar Chase Jamar didn't Chase. work out great for him. Jamar Chase started the trend. But he also, Jamar Chase won a national title on the best team ever. Looked around, was like, this next team isn't going to be very good. Like, I just probably yeah. just chill out. Made a Super fair. Worked yeah. out for him. I wouldn't really say he Eric, quit. He just made a smart business decision. Eric Gilbert did the same thing. Somebody does it every single year. And this year, it's looking like it's Kayshawn Butte. And it is usually the best player. So it is cool that we're keeping up with that trend. Uh Random fact, uh, cover two figures, uh, Twitter account, I guess they do some college football stuff, had Jaden Daniels rated as the number one quarterback from week one based on all these different stats, which I personally didn't feel like watching. You know, I, I didn't feel like he could throw. He, obviously yeah, especially in the first blocking. half. The first half was bad. It was really bad. But I will say, when you have your back against the wall, a minute left, you got to go 99. Yeah, you got drive. one timeout. And you do it. it. It it was very impressive, and I do think that LSU will have some good moments. It's a bummer that Brian Kelly brought one Kelly or one coach with him from Notre Dame, and it was the special teams coach. Yeah, that's a tough uh, look for that guy. <laughs> uh, the media, the fans, they already hate him so much. So he's definitely off to a tough start as a Tiger football coach. But you know, you, you got to move on. We're playing Southern this week, right? So I I think we're going to beat Southern, and we're going to be one and one. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, it's. Time for the old buyout again. <laughs> yeah, then we'll then we'll buy him out. You know, we'll just keep buying <laughs> keep people buying out. out. LSU got a lot yeah. of rich donors. So, did you That's see the um? Did you see the Edo the Edo drawn video? Yeah, hilarious video and like so relatable. <laughs> they were like, "We're yeah, gonna buy you out for seventeen guy. million." He's like, "Where's the door? And how fast do you want me to be out?" Like that's what I would say. 
Yeah, uh, seventeen million to do nothing. Brought LSU a national championship, best college football team of all time. Joe Burrow that season, sixty touchdowns, six interceptions. I will truly never experience happiness like that again. And uh, as as we move forward, the NFL is something that you and I enjoy a lot more than we enjoy college football. I think we can both agree on that. And I'd like to jump into this week one slate. I think we should do NFL first, start giving our picks, mainly because I'm actually excited about them. All the college ones I just have absolutely no confidence. I feel like Mr. Freeze. So week one, what are we thinking? Um, just before we start, quick recap. Oh yeah, quick recap of go. last week. Um, you went one. We were starting over. No, no, no. We're keeping this going. You know, we're men of integrity. What? <laughs> week one, you went um, one and four. Lone win was UNC minus one in game of the year. Great call by you. Too easy. Yeah. One and zero. Oh. I went three and two. You know, let's not split hairs. Could have been two plays away from five and zero. Oh. Two losses were Illinois and Utah. You know. We're right there on 5-0, and but we didn't get there. Uh, we both lost our max unit whale play, 0-2 combined on the year. But, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're just feeling it out week one right now. We're 4-6 six, and six is a, a collective, but this is where we get back on track right here. Yeah, don't turn it off. Don't turn it off yet. You know, give us a chance Three and in the NFL. And then college-wise, you know, think about it. You know, do the opposite. Yeah. You know, if you, if, you, if you have the stones for it, do it. I, I love it. You know, it's nothing – Nothing healthier than a little hatred. Um, okay. Now we got that out of the way. Yeah, I'm ready now. We I just want to keep everybody up that every week. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, when we get, when we get hot, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let people hear about it when we get hot, too. I don't, yeah. want, I don't want people to think that I was ducking it when we were cold. Put your mic up a little bit. It's like, it always I mean, falls geez. down. It always falls down. It's falling Jesus down again. Christ. And you get some balance there. Okay. Uh, week one, NFL. Uh, usually we do this on uh, Thursday or so. We release it on Friday, so the Thursday night game's out. We are doing it on Wednesday night because the NFL season starts with um, the best game of week one, possibly the best game of the season. The Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills are coming to L.A. to face the reigning world champion, Los Angeles Rams, back and better might I say they are a very healthy bunch signed Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson in the offseason. This Rams team's ready to go. The Bills are favored by two and a half. That is really something. Yeah, I was surprised. I figured this would be a field goal game one way or the other. I was surprised to see that the Bills favored on the road, Super Bowl ring night, defending Super Bowl champs. But, you know, everybody's super high on the Bills. I'm I'm pretty high on them too, but I don't. They've kind of become like unanimous team to come out of the AFC, which I don't really agree with. I do think they're probably the best team that should be favored in the AFC. But, you know, the NFL Network, they had six people picking their Super Bowl picks, and there were like four different NFC teams, and every single one of them picked the Bills to come out of the AFC. So maybe we should slow down a team that's never been to the AFC championship game, at least this core. But, yeah, uh, I I like the Rams in this game. Um just because they are the Super Bowl champs at home, um, ring night, all that. But it really wouldn't surprise me either way. I do expect it to be a really close and really good game. 
Yeah, I do too. And uh, main thing with this game, outside of me being a big Rams fan, is this line is incorrect. Uh, the Rams should be favored by a point, a field goal, a point and a half, something like that. But the Bills should not be heading to L.A. as the favorite. The AFC is an incredibly deep conference. There are a lot of teams that could wind up in the Super Bowl. The Bills were a player two away from facing the Bengals in the AFC championship game and, you know, at, at worst coming in third or fourth. But it uh, didn't work out that way. I would expect them to be very good. But this is a uh, tough matchup. Trey White, the uh, star LSU corner, the Bills' best defensive back, is not going to be playing in this one. The Rams no longer have Odell Beckham Jr. They did replace him with Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, the number three wide receiver. If you listen in years past, you know that the I always say the Rams play three wide receivers, one tight end, and one running back on just about every single play. Van Jefferson is probably not going to play. So that does open the door for uh, some guys that I, quite frankly, don't think are all that good. You got uh, Tutu Atwell, who is still the same size. Uh, Rams people are not super high on him. And you also have Ben Skronik, who um, we know is very bad. So uh, a lot going on here. Uh, my first pick, though, to get us started is the Rams plus two and a half. The line is incorrect. There's going to be some energy in there. Uh, the, the Chargers don't have a home field advantage, and I think the Rams are are gearing up to have a slight one. I think uh, the city of L.A. was kind of waiting to see which one of these teams would win. Uh, it's a city that is a pretty good sports town, and they love champions, Lakers, Dodgers, the Rams. Here we are, plus two and a half. It's going to be rowdy in there. There's going to be a lot of Buffalo people as well, so I expect it to be a pretty special crowd. Uh, the Rams win the game, plus two and a half, just to be safe, never know. And uh, I also, for the first touchdown people, I'll, I'll throw one out there. It's going to be Allen Robinson in this game, 11-1. to 1. That seems like something that will happen just because people kind of wrote him off after that last Bears year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably Skronik first, Tuddy. Yeah, the value you're getting on Skronik now with this Van Jefferson news yeah, is like Van Jefferson is out. He's going to be out he there. Should be, he should be, he should be 19-1 to 1 to score a touchdown this year. He's going to be on that field. Stafford's going to be flinging it. Unfortunately so. Uh, so, yeah, Skronik, Northwestern grad. Stay away from his player prop. Had a nice uh, couple drop touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, more than that, man. He played He, he played a good amount, and uh, he didn't do anything good. So, uh, first pick. My first pick is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs minus four on the road in Arizona versus the Cardinals. Um, everybody's kind of whoa, 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 whoa. We we got to be looking at some updated lines here. Did you see the action that came in on the Chiefs today? No, I did not. I'm the just Chiefs looking at the score are now app. a six point oh favorite God. in Arizona. Per per Fandle looked earlier. I was Jeez. listening to Bill Simmons and he had a guy on there saying that. Uh, all, all this money just came in on the Chiefs today. Uh, the Cardinals are going to be without Hopkins. Uh, weird summer with the Kyler Murray gaming clause thrown in his contract. But, uh, yeah, Chiefs by six in Arizona. That is uh, it, it is different than four, four and a half. Yeah, I'll still, I'll still take them at six. Um, everything you just said, not to mention everybody's kind of writing the, um, the Chiefs off, as weird as that sounds. Uh, obviously, they lost Tyreek Hill to Miami. Mahomes is coming off the – a clear-cut worst half of his career when that 21-point blown lead to the Bengals. Uh, I, I've, I, he's heard all this stuff all offseason about, um, you know, Tua throws the most catchable ball that Tyreek Hill's ever seen and how scary the Dolphins' offense is going to be and all that. Uh, 
They replaced him with Juju, who I don't think is obviously going to put up the numbers that Tyreek Hill has put up, but also Juju has been very good with a competent Ben Roethlisberger in his career. So I think Juju will fill, fit in that offense nicely. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Mahomes. And, yeah, I just am out on the Cardinals this year. I don't think – I know they usually start hot and then get cold. I don't even think they'll start hot this year. Uh, everything you just said, I think Kingsbury is just not a good coach. Their number one weapon is Hollywood Brown, who I'm still not really sold on, can catch the ball. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs minus six. These AFC West teams, they have to win these these 50-50 games outside the division because the division is going to be so tough. So, Yeah, it's a good point. I, I think the Chiefs will win the game. I do not have that anywhere on my card. The Cardinals did also lose Christian Kirk to the Jaguars this summer. So you would think, okay, wide receiver room hurt a little bit. It's actually still going to be pretty good. Uh, They did bring Hollywood Brown in. You still have A.J. Green rolling out there. Who knows how many more years he has left in him. And then Rondell Moore also, who uh, does have a lot of hype. But yeah, you would think the Chiefs um, have something to prove this year. Uh, Last year, there was a lot of people riding the Chiefs off for a long time at the beginning of the season, especially after that Titans game. And, uh, you know, they were really close to the Super Bowl. They just ran into a juggernaut. So I um, I hear you. I'm not, uh, not super mad at that one. My next one, uh, this is also my uh, lock of the week, uh, double, double, super, mega pick. Whale play. Uh, this is the Bengals-Broncos teaser. So our forces join the Bengals, the new Paycor Stadium, coming to the jungle with the calculated Joe Burrow at quarterback, ready to go, uh, better than last year. Offensive lines revamped. The defense really came alive. So some might say kind of carried him in the playoffs. Joe could have played a lot better, obviously didn't have a lot of time. The Steelers' offensive line, that's going to be their week one matchup, uh, a lot of things being written about how they are not competent enough to get the job done. I don't think the Steelers are going to be very good. We know Mitchell Trubisky is going to roll out there, be the quarterback in week one. Uh, I think guys like Hendrickson, I mean, that. They cause a ruckus in this game. I think it gets ugly. And I wanted to just take the six and a half. But when you look at Russ's return to Seattle and uh, knowing that the Seahawks have essentially punted on this season, they're going to roll out Geno Smith in week one. It, I've been to the stadium. It's, it's a really cool crowd. It's a cool environment. They're going to be really excited for about a quarter and a half. And uh, the Broncos will pull away. They'll get it done. I expect the Broncos to be a little better this year than they have been with Drew Lockett, quarterback, who ranks 32nd or 33rd in just about every category. There are 32 teams. So Broncos, Bengals, teaser. Yeah, I 100% agree with the um, with both of them, really. But I, I do think the Bengals win the game. I do think Mitch this year is an upgrade of Ben last year just because he was yeah. basically a corpse out there. But Obviously, I don't think their offensive line is going to be good. I think their defense will be good enough to keep them in most games. So I do think the Steelers will be one of those teams that like will be in most games but probably won't like make of the playoffs. But yeah, I do think the Bengals will. I don't think there's going to be any Super Bowl hangover. I think they're um, coming out this season hot, like all the confidence in the world they improved in the offseason. My anxiety for this Broncos game is through the roof just because we, ha- we haven't been good for seven years. Um, Russ took zero snaps in the preseason. It's obviously back in Seattle, the only team he's ever played for. I, I do think we'll win, but I'm, I would advise no one to lay the points. Yeah, I, I, I think going into Monday, if you have the Broncos as a back end of your teaser and you just need them to win the game, I think that's a good spot to be in. It just seems like one of those games where they come back from halftime and they're like, oh, nobody – well, who saw this coming? You know, like, just just one of those things. I don't think it'll happen, but, you know, if it wasn't my team, I don't know if I'd feel the same way, but my, my anxiety is pretty high. Yeah, those are just your demons talking. You have to remember, 
that Russell Wilson hates the Seahawks. He does. He hates them. He really does. He he obviously did a lot for the franchise. One could argue he's the best Seattle Seahawk of all time. I don't think it's an argument. I think he is for sure. He hates them though. Yeah, he hates them. Yeah, and I, I I agree. I just don't. I've never seen Hackett coach. I've never seen Russ take a snap for the Broncos. Um, but I think I don't think the I don't think Gino will be able to move the ball very well in our offense, which gives me more confidence. So I like yeah. that. All your points are great, and they would really matter if you were playing just about anybody else. Yeah, that's true. Um, my, I, I guess I'll give out my um, lock teaser as well. I'm going to go with the 49ers, kind of risky Trey Lance, kind of first start as his team versus the Chicago Bears. I've already said that I think the Bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL. Um, I don't really think Trey Lance is going to start out very hot or even be very good this season, to be honest. I think they brought Jimmy G back as kind of an insurance policy because I don't I think they've been watching him and don't think he's really may may not be ready yet either. But um, I you show that Bears offense and this 49ers defense and tell me how they're going to score 10 points. So yeah. it's still Shanahan. It's still the rushing attack. And still they still have Debo and Ayuk and all those guys. So I, I don't I, I like the under in this game a lot, too. I know it's one of the lower ones, but I will take the, the Niners to win the game. And then I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens to win the game against their former quarterback, Joe Flacco, who has not been a good quarterback for many, many years now. I don't care how he looked in the in training camp in preseason. I think this is a um, comeback year and a kind of a you year for Lamar Jackson. He is my only bet to win MVP thus far. Um, I think they. I think he comes out hot. I think uh, all this contract talk he said in Friday. Uh, I think he's ready to send a message week one. And the Ravens usually don't mess around with bad teams. Yeah, the um, I I agree. Those are two major teaser candidates this week, and it, it is with both of them. I can see the concerns with uh, the Ravens. A lack of weapons. They lose Hollywood Brown. They don't really do anything. People are really excited about likely the the tight end there, which the two tight end for the set for the Ravens actually feels like it'll work better than a lot of other teams because of the ability to block and catch and a run heavy offense. Uh, if, if Flacco, you you wouldn't think is is going to beat them, so I'm I'm not mad at it. And then Trey Lance, uh, I, I don't know. I, I I know it's the Bears, so the Broncos Seahawks logic like it might matter if they played somebody else kind of applies to that game as well. George Kittle did get hurt today; he is questionable for Sunday. Something to look out for for fantasy lineups and and all that good stuff. But yeah, I, I don't I don't hate it. I just uh, have tried to make a point to avoid yeah, both I'm, of those teams. I'm a little nervous about Trey Lance. If they were playing anybody but the Bears, I probably wouldn't have them in a team. One of these, you know, one of these seven point favorites is going to lose like oh yeah I, I think you know you know we said this earlier we learn this stuff we forget it and we make the same mistakes over and over again and yeah. i think the one thing we got to figure out is we just can't take the colts yeah so my next pick is i'll just go ahead and say it is the texans plus eight okay. i you know I, I was looking at my card earlier i had all favorites all teasers down to one or whatever i was like all right i gotta get a dog in here i am one of the presidents of the mills mafia fan club i think he's I think he was really good last year. Um, I have Texans win total over four and a half is one of my only total plays. Colts have not won a week one game in eight years. Um, we've been victim to that, I think, a couple times. I know it knocked, times. knocked me out of my Survivor League two years ago, and last year I think uh, I lost a bet on it. So I know it doesn't mean anything, but it kind of does at the same time. Like I know there's a lot of new people in there, and most people aren't <laughs> haven't been there for eight years, and Matt Ryan's there. I'm not going to say the Texans are going to win the game, but I think the Tex the Texans are going to be that 
that that year's really bad team that ends like four or like five and twelve, but they they were in a bunch of games. Like them and the Lions are probably the main the main um like pe- teams that could be that team. So I will take the Texans plus eight because I know all favorites aren't going to cover, and I have I think every other bet I have is a favorite. Yeah, and Lovey Smith's a guy that you would assume these guys are going to come out and play hard for. He's above 500 coach in his NFL career. Uh, Texans over under win totals four and a half. Uh, I, I do like the over there. I don't think the division is is all that strong. And I think they have the ability, as we've seen from last year and, and plenty of seasons before, to play the Colts and the Titans, the two favorites, very, very well. And then you have the Jaguars, too. So I, I can see this being close. Uh, we, we have to learn. we got to avoid the Colts in the first and last week of the season. At all costs, it is always the move. It, it, I don't think it matters who's on their team. It's just something that we have to do for the rest of our lives. So uh, I do like that one. Uh, last year, I think the underdogs went around 68% in week one against the spread, which makes sense. Um, I think that we both think that we historically in our lives have had more success with the NFL than just about anything else. But it is one of those things that everybody thinks they, they know about. It It all looks so easy until it's not. It it does. It all looks so easy until the game starts and you're down seven, nothing wondering how you're going to eat. So it, um, (laughs) it it is a thing. Uh, My next pick, I'm going to go with um, the Vikings plus two at home against the Packers. Similar logic to the Rams game. I think this line is incorrect. I think the Packers got worse this off season, obviously worried about the two headed monster of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield, the best running back tandem in the, NFL, but uh, I think the Vikings are going to be better. They bring in the Rams OC from last year. Uh, I think this offense is going to make more sense down the stretch. Justin Jefferson, arguably the best wide receiver in the game. Adam Thielen, a lot of people forgetting that he even exists. And uh, Dalvin Cook as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins has gotten more buzz this summer than I feel like he ever has. Like positive Kirk Cousins buzz, which I don't totally understand, but I do think that the Vikings find a way to beat Aaron Rodgers right here. He's going to have to learn how to mesh with all these new receivers. Alan Lazard may not even play, and that's the guy touted as the number one in Green Bay now, and he was a guy for the past couple years you didn't even know if he was going to be on the field in in certain spots. Uh, I I think you can be sure about more things with the Minnesota Vikings right now than you can with the Packers, so I will take the Vikings plus two. Yeah, this is probably the best game of the day, not counting um, the either of the prime the Sunday Thursday Sunday or Monday night games. Yep. This is probably the best game of the week. Um, a lot of people on the Vikings to be that that team that takes the next step this year. Um, a lot of NFC North hype. It's not even just the playoffs of winning the division. A lot of people think the Packers are going to step back. Obviously, lost Devonta Adams, Zadarius Smith. Now on the Vikings came out today and said that the reason he went to the Vikings is so he could play the Packers twice a year because they mistreated him his last year or whatever. So the defense should be fired up. Um, I really don't know what to expect. I think the Packers offense is going to look totally different this year as far as just game plan. I think they're going to try to run the ball and use Rodgers when they need him, um, which sounds incredibly stupid from the guy who's won the back-to-back MVP. But, (laughs) I mean, like you said, Lazard's wide receiver one. He's banged up. who else they have Sammy Sammy Watkins out there and Sammy Watkins, Ram, Bobby Randall Tunyon. Cobb, yeah, uh, like, Dobbs, Dubes. We'll learn how to rookies, pronounce that yeah, when we Watson. hear the announcer. Yeah. yeah. So but, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, it makes me nervous that everyone is on the Vikings, not necessarily in this game, but on this year to be like that team that oh nobody really saw that coming, even though everybody's talking about them. So I'm not gonna be betting this one. Um, I want to take the over when I first saw it. Then I started to think about how the Packers 
are probably going to play this year and how they have the number one ranked fantasy defense. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. It's really big for um, win totals if you're into that stuff for week one. And uh, the NFC North, it feels like the Vikings have to win this game right at home against the Packers. Absolutely. Yeah, to have a chance. I mean, I think, you know, the, the Lions Vikings, stuff. Like, the Vikings, like, sneakily but. have one of the best home field advantages in football, too. Skull. Yeah. yeah. Everybody clapping over their heads. You got to love it. Uh, also, bet MGM prop of the week. Justin Jefferson, anytime touchdown, plus 120. They run stuff for him in the end zone or in the red zone, just like the Rams did for Cooper Cup. It's weird to do that with a wide receiver. It's such a low number, but I do think he finds a way to get in. And uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson getting in. I have, um, have Jair on him most of the game. I'm not afraid. Jair hadn't played a lot of football recently. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, man, this next one, this next one is ugly, but it's just something that I got to do. I'm going to take the Panthers minus two and a half in the Baker Mayfield revenge game. Um, gross. It's very gross. Um, just, just something I need to do. I knew I was going to do it the second I saw the schedule. Uh, I watched a lot of Brissett last year, unfortunately, in the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's a horrendous quarterback. Uh, the Browns are a very good defense, a very good run game. This game is going to be ugly, but I think that – Anybody who watched the Browns last year, no matter what you think of Baker Mayfield, I think can admit that he was very, very badly injured last year and should not have been on a football field. I don't think he's nearly as bad as we saw last year. I'm not saying that he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's competent. Um, I think he's way better than Jacoby Brissett. McCaffrey is going to be healthy this game. I'm not going to promise the season, but he will be out there healthy this game. And when For the get, start. When he is, he's a top three running back in the NFL, number one fantasy player in the NFL. Um yeah, I, I think the Panthers' defense is a little underrated. Um, they actually had a pretty good year last year. So I, I'm going to take the Panthers minus two and a half. It's really, really ugly, but, you know, Brissett's bad. They have Amari Cooper, and we had to Google that Peoples-Jones was wide receiver too. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll take the Panthers. I don't think they're going to win a ton of games, but I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, if I had to take somebody, I would take the Panthers. This is a prime candidate for, hey, Roosters has eight TVs, but one of these games isn't on. Uh, it's right there. I, I think you could make a strong argument for the Commanders and the Jaguars and the Falcons and the Saints as well, but it is absolutely in that class. Who knows which team is going to get snubbed. I mean, no, I was going to say Ravens-Jets, but Lamar. Yeah, and you know the Colts are going to be on. Yeah, so local team. Good. You could say that as well, but yeah, those are your three candidates yeah. for something we may think, not see a second of. I think they have nine in the back room, but one of them never works. Yeah, it, <laughs> we're we're missing one of these games. It's going to happen. Yeah, uh, but uh, I mean, okay. I wouldn't hate to miss that one, even though I'm betting on it. But that has like one of the closest spreads of the week. That and the, and the Commanders Jaguar. Commander All Jag of them do. Yeah. It should be Commanders Jaguars that we don't see. But I, I kind of want to watch the Jaguars. I mean, I want to watch all these games, especially Week One. Haven't seen yeah. The, haven't seen these teams in eight months i mean i want to watch True. them all but yeah. we are going to rooster so we can watch more than five or six yeah that's just, you, know, you can't we love odalis though there's not a place no. in the city that can accommodate nine games at once unfortunately odalis uh, sports and social club downtown <laughs> they have a nice tv setup yeah nice tv setup for hell on earth <laughs> um Okay, moving on. So uh, I have a little money line parlay here. Um, it gets you to about even. I'm going to go with the Ravens, which you already talked about. Don't need to touch on it more. Wanted to avoid them. I just can't. And the Miami Dolphins, two and on. Expect us. Um, don't love the three and a half. It was like one and a yeah, half. Then it's I was two gonna, and a half. Now it's three and a half. It was going to be one of mine to us all the three and a half. Yeah. So I, I want to get it in there somehow because I do think that the Dolphins are uh, 
thinking about finding a way to make the playoffs. I mean, this is kind of put up or shut up time. We'll be to, uh, for sure. Lamar's liking tweets of him in Miami gear. So if they don't make it, you know, not maybe not the worst thing for Miami. Lamar might be coming home. But uh, they'll, they'll Duke, tag Lamar. If they, don't, yeah. if they don't agree, they'll tag him next year. There's no way they let him walk. Yeah, it's, uh, you're probably not wrong. But I, I do like the Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle tandem. Uh, the Dolphins have completely revamped their backfield, too. Signed a couple new dudes, uh, Mostert, and who's the other one? Uh, Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Yep. Right. Yeah, so we like that a lot more than the Miles Gaskin stuff. I think that really hurt them last year in terms of not being able to convert on third and two third and three in a simple way. Uh, Jacecki, we like him at tight end. And the Dolphins had a top 10 defense last year. So uh, I think the weird, like the Patriots have always been a, a pretty sure thing to go above 500 and make the playoffs. You kind of know what you're going to get even after Brady's exit. And uh, this year with no offensive coordinator and Matt Patricia coaching the offense now and it, all, all this weird stuff going on, not a lot of talent at the skill positions. Uh, I, I really like the Dolphins here. I think this is where the tide turns. I think this is the end of Bill Belichick this season or possibly next season. And uh, yeah, you know, I might, we'll see. I might be, uh, no, I won't. I was going to say I might be wearing a little Dolphins gear, but I won't because the Bengals play at one. But I will be cheering for the Dolphins. Yeah, I definitely think the Dolphins are going to win the game. Um, I think the Patriots are going to be, I'm not going to say terrible this year, but they had the worst preseason you could ever have. I know preseason doesn't matter, and it's Bill Belichick, but they have no idea who's calling plays. They have no idea what they're doing on offense. Their number one weapon, weapon is Devontae Parker, who will probably be out by week four or five. Um, their defense lost a bunch of guys, too. I, I think this is the year that people start to talk about Belichick retiring. Yeah, I mean, they've missed on, what, like 13 of their last yeah, they, 15. Yeah, he can't. It's so weird. He's like the best coach ever, and he can't draft. Yeah, coaches being the GM, it almost never works in any sport. And I think Brady kind of bailed him out. Brady and Rodgers, two guys that usually did a lot with less for their whole career. And now you have Mac Jones trying to do the same thing. I don't think it works like that. So I think they're easy to game plan for. Uh, I think the Dolphins expect to be good, and I think the Patriots – kind of don't know what their identity is right now and that is truly a shift from what we've seen in the last decade from these two teams but it, it gotta like the Dolphins here yeah for sure I think I think the Dolphins are having a pretty good year um I don't think they're gonna win the division obviously with the Bills in the division but I think it'll be um week 16 week 17 and they'll be like right there in the hunt yeah uh, I think so. And the AFC West and the the two teams from the North, it is going to be very tough to make the playoffs in the AFC. But uh, I mean, he still gets to play the Jets twice. You know, that's nice. So uh, we'll see. Uh, that, I think the Dolphins are starting one to zero. So what do you uh, got? They, be, they better. Was that a money line parlay? Yeah. Who was it besides the Dolphins? Ravens. Okay. Um, my last NFL pick. Trying to decide if I want to do four favorites or not. I know it's not going to end well. Oh, man. All right, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints, minus five and a half. Um, I'm pretty high on the Saints. We went over it last, last podcast, and I was talking about them to win the um, NFC South. I think they have one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, Jameis Winston coming back healthy with LASIK surgery. Michael Thomas may be coming back, still has a hamstring issue like always, but they also, have, they also had a Juice Landry, Olave from Ohio State. So I think the, the offense and the defense is going to be pretty good. I don't think Marcus Mariota is a starting NFL quarterback. Um, outside of Kyle Pitts, they don't have 
basically anything on offense besides maybe the rookie Drake London. I think he got hurt in the preseason as well. Uh, can he's probably, back. He's back at practice. Okay, he's going to go out there. Well, the wide right receiver one is a rookie. Uh, their <laughs> best player is a tight end in year two. Um, yeah, I can probably name two players in their defense. I do have A.J. Terrell, one of the best corners in the NFL, but can't can't give you much else on their defense. But, uh, you know, it's a divisional game. They're always close. I don't love laying five and a half, but I am – I am really high on the Saints this year. I think they're going to be the the surprise team. They're kind of like my Vikings pick that everybody's having. I think the Saints could win the division and uh, maybe win a playoff game. So I'm going to take the Saints minus five and a half. Yeah, I I, don't love laying that many points in a division to an extent. But yeah, the line's wrong. I mean, it's a divisional game on the road. The Saints haven't shown you much. It's a a new coach first game. I I think it should be three, three and a half of which I'd be all over the Saints. So maybe they're trying to get you to avoid that. But yeah, okay. Uh, My last one. It, can you guess? You know, I already did Bengals and Rams. Can you guess uh, what my last man, one is? The Raiders. It's so the Raiders plus three and a half. Great so, uh, guess. It was gonna my other pick that was if it wasn't gonna be the Saints it was gonna be the over in this game. But I'm scared of that that Chargers defense now. So Derek these games Carr. are always shootouts. So Raiders Chargers always a shootout. It's always exciting. I mean, always every divisional game. matchup that you get in the West this year is gonna be fun and. I'd like getting the points here. There's a lot of Chargers hyped. hyped. We'll see if it's earned. You know, only the year is going to tell us that. Um, it's obviously a defense that's loaded. J.C. Jackson's questionable week one. And, I mean, this story just came out that Devontae Adams and Derek Carr almost died together. And yeah. I think they're going to live together on Sunday. And, uh, it, obviously, Hunter Renfro, Waller, Josh Jacobs. Like, this Raiders team was in the playoffs last year very close to beating the Bengals and handing me some devastation that I probably deserved. And somehow they're uh, plus three and a half. They're plus 700 to win this division. They're an underdog to make the playoffs, even with 14 out of the 32 teams making it now. I I like the Raiders getting three and a half here. I think they win the game plus 152 on the money line. Uh, Max Crosby, you know, I mean, a lot of talk about this Khalil Mack, Bosa stuff. Max Crosby, uh, third in the NFL in tackles for loss over the last three seasons. This Raiders team has some guys. I, 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 I can't not take them. Yeah, I mean, I got I got no clue. I'm going to say that every AFC West game all year. Um, pick a result wouldn't surprise me. It's it's obviously a big game for both teams. Every single AFC West, the AFC West is going to be decided by the um, inter inter division games. So, yeah, I hope I hope it's another one of those fun shootout games that we get a lot. I'm going to be betting the over. Not going to put it on my card. Probably should have over the Saints. Already already having regrets on that five and a half. <laughs> but you know, I'll stick with it. Yeah, um, I think the last game I want to touch on that we didn't talk about is that primetime Sunday night football game, Buccaneers-Cowboys. Uh, I keep going back and forth on this one. Yeah, it's a rematch. Uh, two years ago, we started the season with that in Tampa Bay. It was a really great game. Oh, it was last year. Was it? Oh, yeah, what? Yeah, because the Bucks year? won it all last year. Yeah. Yep, last year I think it was 27-21 or something like that. Really fun game to watch. And this one's in Dallas. Uh, the Bucks are favored by two and a half. Tom Brady uh, just disappeared for 11 days. He looks like he's lost some weight. He's still Tom Brady. Hard to count him out. Uh, it, this, this game's so weird. Nobody's high on the Cowboys. Um, uh, offensive line's a big question mark. Zeke, Tony Pollard, who's better? We're going to find out. Uh, obviously, the receiving core got worse. Noah Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson's on another team. Michael Gallup's banged up. So it really is C.D. Lamb and a bunch of guys that we're going to learn about now. But um, this is an interesting game because I feel like 
the the stock on both teams is kind of trending downward right now. Is Tom Brady getting a divorce? What's going on at home? Have you ever tried sleeping with a broken heart? It's not easy. So I uh, I don't know here. Yeah, this is probably the the one game of the week that I looked at and like didn't have an immediate reaction. Like, oh, I'm going to bet this side. Um, I could see the that Cowboys defensive line led by Micah Parsons dominating that decimated. Uh, Buccaneers O-line. Yeah. I could also see betting on the Cowboys and it being the second quarter and be like, why the hell did I bet against Tom Brady and the Bucks? Yeah. But I, I really I really have no clue. I don't even have a lean on the over or the under. I'm, I mean, I'm going to bet it. It's going to be one of those things. I'll have to see how my Sunday goes and then uh, figure something out on Sunday night right before the game. Um, don't hate teasing the Cowboys up to eight and a half. I know that's a soft way out, but I think it's going to be a, a close game. I just don't I don't really know what to expect from either of these teams. Godwin's practicing too, acting like he's going to play. I think that's a mistake, um, rushing him back for that. So don't expect to see him out there. Um, Evans had a hamstring too. I'm sure he will be out there. First game without Gronk as well. There's so many question marks on this game for two teams that are supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, uh, two teams that are favored to win their division. And uh, you could say the same thing that you said about uh, Parsons getting in there to disrupt Brady that you – you could about yeah. the Bucks. The Cowboys Bucks have a really line. tough defense. Yeah, yeah. Both are lines are mobile. decimated. Yeah, it, it's going to be a really, really interesting game. Uh, we'll have uh, Tariko and Collinsworth. We're also going to see the shift of the announcer world this weekend, which is going to be fun. I think all of the primetime crews are are going to be really good. So uh, that that's also really exciting. But it's it's great to have the NFL back. Uh, the air outside just just felt like football. It wasn't too hot. Ah, oh, it's it's just wonderful. Now let's talk about something that isn't so wonderful: college football, <laughs> week two. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence going into this week. Uh, naturally, so I felt like uh, last week I lost every which way possible. Uh, Utah, uh, LSU, obviously devastating in different ways. Louisville, Kent State, never had a chance. I do think Kent State would beat Louisville straight up. Uh, if anybody wants to know. Um, so we'll get it started. I want to go first week one. Uh, it's pretty simple. It's the Central Florida Golden Knights by five and a half <laughs> on Friday night. Uh, one coming. John B. from Outer Banks, Central Florida grad. He's going to be out there. He's going to be getting them fired up. They're going to be dressed in all black. And, um, it, you know, the, the pulse of the Louisville fan base right now, it isn't great. Um, I am. Uh, yeah, I, I could argue that it. Hasn't been worse since we self-imposed ban in the tournament, since uh, Woodney Tyrone let Stevie Johnson get behind him in 2007 uh, in uh, Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, there's a lot of bad vibes going on. And uh, I saw Louisville put out an Instagram post right before we started recording, and I wanted to read some of the comments. So this is uh, <laughs> this is Louisville posting about their uniforms that they'll be wearing on Friday night. Louisville's caption is, I see whites. For week two, uniforms looking pretty sharp, all white, white, white helmets. They are cool uniforms. Um, I'm going to read some of the comments. Just win, gang. We don't give a expletive about what uniforms we wearing. Who cares? Face palm emoji. Win the game. Win. We don't give a f what we wearing, bruh. How about you guys just win the game? Win. 
So just a few things. This fan base, they still want to win this game. The problem is those same guys are all rolling out there. UCF, right? John Reese Plumley at quarterback, the Ole Miss transfer, uh, 56 to 10 against South Carolina State week one. South Carolina State is Jackson State's rival. That's Deion Sanders' team. So not, not a D1 school. Um, yeah, tough to take much from that. But UCF probably should have won at Cardinal Stadium last year. They were driving to kick a field goal, and then we had the crazy pick six that sent Cardinal Stadium into absolute euphoria. Uh, this is going to be a tougher environment than Syracuse. It's a better team, a uh, team that's looking for revenge. I, I texted you first thing, uh, getting off the mat on Sunday morning. UCF's <laughs> fair by four and a half. I can't believe it. It got up to six and a half. It's now five and a half. Uh, UCF minus five and a half is uh, college super lock and um, my first pick. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take that one too as one yeah. of my five picks. Uh, Very cool. Everything you just said, um, obviously, obviously last year too. I think UCF should have won that game. I think they they probably think that as well. I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna have that in in their mind all week. Um, not to mention just the the fact when you come out and get killed like that week one after a summer of you know getting your coaches hyping you up, your player you're hyping yourself up, and fans hyping you up, and then it's hard to bounce back from that mentally and not just like fold over and be like, maybe we do just suck. So short week, short <laughs> yeah. week, too. short week, Friday night. Uh, yeah. I'll take UCF as my first pick. I'll move on. Uh, give me, give me Bama minus 20. Don't care if it gets up to 24. Texas is not back. They never will be back. This Bama team is Bama. I mean, they're ready to go. Yeah. Unreal defense, good offense. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't really care. This is game day for some reason at noon. I I don't care if it gets to twenty four. I'll take Bama minus twenty. Yeah, um, that uh, I'll keep it rolling. We'll move through this. They got the Alabama USC teaser next, so that takes Bama at this point down to fourteen and a half. It could easily be more than that. And then we also have USC going from nine to three. They are on the road against Stanford. Uh, Lincoln Riley's first true test. Um, I think USC is going to be pretty good. I just, uh, I'm kind of going off what we know about these schools in the past here. Stanford kind of slowed it down. USC, dynamic quarterback, pass heavy offense. Uh, I think USC is primed to be a team where you're like, are they going to make the playoff? Are they 4 0, 5 0 right now? And then they just completely lay an egg and, and lose one week. I don't think it is this week, though. And then Alabama, for all the points you mentioned, game days there. Uh, Texas, best case scenario, I think hangs in there with them for a quarter and a half, maybe even a full half. But uh, I mean, the, the first quarter spread on Bama, Texas is Alabama minus six. And I just don't think Texas has a shot in hell of covering that. Yeah, I mean, unless they get the ball first and go on like a ten minute drive and score, and then it's like, Bama. how are they going to do that? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm all over Bam. I thought as dumb as it sounds, twenty point game, twenty points spread. I think it should be higher. Um, okay, that's I, I like I like USC. I don't really I didn't get to see Stanford play last week. I know they're they haven't been good for a few years now. Uh, they're kind of scrappy sometimes though. Don't really know anything about Stanford, but you know I like it. Uh, my next my next pick is go ahead and get out of the way. I'm taking the Cats plus six and a half. Uh, New New Florida will be favored even if they didn't beat Utah. I thought it would be like wow. Florida, Florida minus two and a half or three. Uh, obviously, there's a little more hype behind it. They did beat Utah. Uh, that that one hurt. That one hurt a lot. I think Anthony Richardson is a very good player. I think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, this Cats team just you know they're they're a good ball club too. We still don't know everybody that's playing. I would assume that Rodriguez is not going to play. It appears that he's going to be out due to suspension, due to being a dumbass. So, uh, but you know, six and a half points. I don't think 
I don't think this Florida team is seven points better than this Kentucky team. I, I know it's in the swamp. Um, I, I don't know if I can claim hangover factor for a game between a ranked uh, division rival, but they did just beat the number seven team in the country at home in the first week. These guys probably partied for a few days. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be a huge factor, but yeah, I, I, I got to roll with got to roll with the cats till they let me down at least once. Yeah, I understand. This is going to be a really cool game. Uh, obviously, the Kentucky-Florida games are usually classics, regardless of which school it's played at. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are two quarterbacks that I think you could expect to both end up being top 15 draft picks when it's all said and done. These guys can really play. Is uh, he is he draft eligible this year? I think so. I don't know if he redshirted a year or not. I knew he played last year. Yeah, Mel Kuyper has him on the board. So, Yeah, I mean, I expect him to play himself into the first round. Yeah, that he looked uh, jump, insane against you. The jump yeah. fake two point conversion is probably the play he's of the like, week. He's just built like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, he he is. The, the guy is tough. Uh, it, it's going to be rocking in there. Uh, we saw the swamp. It, it looked unreal. They're probably the best television environment that we saw in week one. So uh, it's just going to be a really fun game to watch. Uh, no opinion on it either way. Um, I think the line is probably exactly correct, regardless of who ends up winning, but it's, it's going to be cool to see Kentucky go into this environment environment and kind of see who they are this year. You can't find out much against Miami of Ohio and Florida's probably feeling like they got a shot at winning the whole thing after that on Saturday. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a fun one. No, uh, no pick on that for me. I think as Kentucky fans, we should be – I mean, I'm happy. I, I lost my bet. I wasn't happy in the moment, but I'm happy now that Florida is 1-0, jumped from unranked to, what are they, 12 or 13, 12. And uh, we got got a few more points on the spread, got the maybe a hangover effect. I'd be feeling a lot worse about this game had they lost and they were 0-1. Yeah, Vanellovic still trotting out there, man. I mean, you got a shot. Unless you're playing. Yeah, that. our – our offensive line didn't look great against Miami, Ohio, which is my only concern because that's usually our biggest strength, and that was Miami, Ohio. So, but you know, maybe maybe they just overlooked them. You know, yeah, it's Who a knows? fair concern to have right there. Uh, my third pick, I'm going to go with the Arizona State Sun Devils back. back year two, year two of me and the Arizona State Sun Devils. Emory Jones, a former former Florida quarterback, leads the Devs into. Oklahoma State on Saturday. Kind of a slept-on, pretty good game. 7.30 start under the lights. Oklahoma State, always a scary place to play. They're ranked 11th. They're given 11.5. I like Arizona State here. They didn't play play Northern Colorado week one. They did look good. It was 34-3 or something like that. But I I think with with Oklahoma State, right, they're they're beating Toledo or something like that by 100, and Toledo comes back and covers somehow. We know Oklahoma State's going to score a lot. I think Arizona State is primed to do the exact same thing. So I expect a high-scoring matchup here. The total is 58. I also lean over there. But I will take the 11.5 here. I think Oklahoma State is going to have a good team. They're going to be fun to watch. But I think you're going to see some close games because that defense does look abysmal. Yeah, I um, didn't get to get to watch Arizona State last week. And did also did not want. I don't see. I don't get to see a lot of Pac-12 football. Pac-12 Network, yeah, unav- don't have it. nowhere. Don't have it. Have every yeah. channel in the world. Don't have that. Nobody does. Very frustrating. But you know, I don't get to see a lot of Pac-12 ball. I'll just take your word for it. My next pick is going to be maybe the biggest trap line I've ever seen in my life. I know you already know what I'm talking about. I'm Iowa making, State. Yeah, you know, I'm. It's one of those things. You know, beat me. I sat in my basement, watched every second of that Iowa game. Had Iowa minus ten. I was like, oh, this is a good number. 
that is the worst offense I've ever seen in my life. They somehow have gotten worse than they were last year. Um, their defense still pretty good. Special teams elite, I guess, at pinning people inside the one. This is a rivalry game at Iowa. It's uh, plus four at the moment, which is what I'm getting it at. I it's, I it, I just can't. I just can't do it. I don't even think Iowa State's good. They played a Southeast Missouri State, beat them by 42 to 10. But the fact that they could score 42 against Southeast Missouri State and Iowa scored seven on South Dakota State, who is not also not a D1 school, they scored on a blocked punt and then field goal and two safeties. This offense is absolutely pitiful. The total is 40, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I'll take Iowa State plus four. You know, just lose three to zero and get me put me out of my misery. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, Iowa State too, so that knocks <laughs> it off. And I, I got that from you. I'm not even going to act like I have any creativity involved in that. But I did see that um, Iowa scored seven points was, and never scored a touchdown. Really was, hard to do. I was screaming for South Dakota State in the fourth quarter. I wanted them to win so badly, and they could not get one yard. Yeah, maybe not good. Let's see if Iowa State. I mean, I was, I expect nothing negative to say about Iowa's defense. They scored four points, and the special team scored three, and the offense scored zero. Yeah, I, we, it we is a formula have, to if take we Iowa State. Yeah, if we can just avoid giving up two safeties and a blocked punt, I don't see how they score a point. <laughs> you never know, man. This sport sucks. But yeah, uh, I have Iowa State too. Uh, my last pick. Um, this is my equality pick of the week. Uh, I have uh, <laughs> Baylor plus three uh, headed into BYU. Baylor, very good last season. Um, it, it, returning a ton of players. BYU uh, in the news recently. Uh, you can Google it if you have to for some very controversial and heinous things said to uh, African-American volleyball players on their campus. And uh, they oh, just yeah. come out and they beat South Florida by 60. And uh, me believing that karma is real. Uh, I think Baylor rolling in there. Uh, I think it's impressive that they're going there to play a road game in the first place, knowing about how awful these fans are going to be. And uh, I think Baylor wins the game. I think it went easy. Uh, plus 135 on the money line. Uh, like that as well. But yeah, Baylor plus three. That is my final pick. I I hate everything about BYU. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was gonna make that my fifth pick. I'm not going to because I don't want us to have three of the same picks. Um, I I actually like this Baylor team a lot. Uh, we watched this game. We were getting amped up at your place watching Baylor in the uh, Big Twelve championship game. They should have won that game, and they would have oh. in the playoff last year. Insane yeah. game. What I had goal uh, tackle. Would I have Oklahoma State? That was yeah. the uh, the permanent loyalty uh, yes. bet. Yeah. Yes. Yep, still riding high off that. Yeah, uh, great, <laughs> great game last year at the Big Twelve Championship. This my point of that story is that Baylor's a really good team. Um, they bring everybody back. I don't think BYU is going is that good. South Florida's been one of the worst teams in the country for a while. I, I do get a little nervous that BYU home field is nothing to mess with, especially at ten fifteen at night. So that was going to be my fifth pick. I will now pivot to a team that fought harder for me last week than maybe any team has ever fought in their lives. Beep, with beep. The U- UTSA Roadrunner, <laughs> meet, meet, against the Army Black Knights, both 0-1, both pretty decent lower-level teams. Um, UTSA just gave it all they had against Houston. They had the game won, then they had it lost, and they somehow end up in the triple overtime two-point shootout, which I hate the rule change. Love the two-point shootout. Don't think it should start till like overtime four or five. I think overtime yeah. three is way too quick. But they covered last week. Once I, I was kind of hyped because once it got there, I could not lose my plus four and a half. Um, they are minus two and a half at Army. 
Uh, Army coming off a 10-point loss to Coastal Carolina, another one of these good mid-major teams. I, I just I think this UTSA offense is going to be too much for the Army defense. I do always worry about a triple option team because you're either prepared for it or you're not, and you'll know in one quarter if the coach got him prepared for it or not. So might might have instant regret, but I think this this the speed of UTSA and the just the offensive firepower they had, they put up 37 on Houston, who's a pretty good team. Um, I think it's going to be too much for Army just the same way that Coastal Carolina was last week. So I'll go with UTSA minus two and a half as my fifth pick. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what an exciting game that UTSA-Houston game was. It was like and the Houston, game of the week besides uh, UNC App State. Yeah, Houston's got a cool game this weekend, too. Uh, yeah, that is. Uh, I was going to point that out. It's the first system play of the year. Yeah, plus three. Unranked team. Yeah, yeah. at Texas Tech. I Almost thought about that one, but me, knowing nothing, I decided to avoid that one and go with all these other ones, in which case gonna, I also know nothing. I'm going to mark it down on the notes. I'm not going to put it on my card. I'm just going to mark down that it's a system play to see how those do this year. Okay. Yeah, it's a good move. Um, final thing, I have um, a little little bonus Sunday morning parlay for you guys. So you're about to start the NFL season. You want to get hot. want to go up some units, I understand. A um, <laughs> little Arsenal-Real Madrid money line parlay gets you to minus 140. Real Madrid's playing the worst team in La Liga at 8 a.m. This Arsenal team is locked and loaded this year. Extremely good. Very fast. Coming off a loss to Man U. Playing Everton at home at 9 a.m. So you can cash that ticket before an NFL game even starts, start feeling good about yourself. Everton is on an insane streak right now. They have four straight draws. I've never seen it. Four straight draws. So, Arsenal, Real, you pair them, minus 140. Start your Sunday off with a little bit of fun. You don't even have to wake up and watch it if you don't want. But the Premier League is all available on Peacock. You got anything else? No, I don't think so. We are less than 24 hours from NFL football. I can't believe I'm, we made it. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm gonna Every year up. I think we're not going to make it, and we always somehow make it. Yeah, hey, who knows about next year. But this year, at least in terms of the start, we have made it. That means I'm going to wake up listening to a lot of West Coast hip-hop all day, ready to go. Um, O'Shea, Baxter Avenue, 956. Uh, it's going to be fun. little watch party going on there tomorrow night. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to wear my throwback Kurt Warner jersey tomorrow Hard. to uh, – you know, try to try to rein in the new year. But yeah, it's going to be really fun. Uh, nothing brings uh, a group of friends together quite like the NFL. So uh, yeah, let's 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 have a good year. You know, let's shake off week one. It, it couldn't have been worse. It could have been worse. I was, oh, yeah. I mean, maybe not. Our record could have been worse. Yeah, but uh, overall, what happened? It couldn't have been worse. That's true. All right. Well, that was a. Uh, that was good. Went for about an hour there. Uh, Lexi Browning still coming up. Alexis Carrico, we still haven't figured that out. But uh, a little House of Dragon. She's going to talk about what's going on in The Bachelorette. Taylor Swift's dropping a new album. There's a lot going on. So here is Lexi for kind of The Bachelor. All right, Red Talk, Lexi Browning, Alexis Carrico, whatever you want to call her, she's here. And I'm back, and we are exclusively doing the Game of Thrones prequel, House of 
Dragon. House of the Dragon. Still haven't figured that out. But that is all we're doing. Lexi isn't even caught up on The Bachelorette now. So um, it's not just me. Uh, it's clearly something going on. Uh, maybe I'm influential. Maybe the show's just not that good. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe I just mean, one. Who knows? It was like Labor Day weekend. We had things going on this Monday, but we are going to be watching the episode right after this podcast. So it's not like it's like not good. But I mean, I think we all know as a collective that it's not that good. But uh, yeah. we will be tuning in. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, keep me updated on what happens there. Only a couple of weeks left of that, I believe. Um, three weeks until Paradise begins and we are back on the normal weekly Bachelorette Talk schedule. But until then, we are going to attempt to discuss this Game of Thrones show. If you're coming here for expertise, predictions, uh, anything that uh, is in the same category of the word smart, this probably is not the podcast or segment for you. A uh, lot going on in this. Tough to understand. I've seen episodes one and two of this show about five times each. Uh, not on purpose. I, I don't love it that much. I just put them on, and I'm on my phone. I realize that I retain nothing, and I just start over because I have nothing else that I'm excited to watch right now outside of sports. So we're going to do a little episode three today. Uh, are, are you are you caught up on this show? I should have screened you before we started. Please tell me that you've seen all three episodes of the show. Yes, yes, I'm here. I do my due diligence for okay. the podcast um, the AC is out in my home, and so I have this like gigantic fan in my bedroom that is extremely loud, but I did watch the episode on volume level 100. Oh, wow. So you really know what's going on. I've only seen episode three twice, you know, so I only like 40% know what's going on. But uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. So I'm struggling with the names. I, I call the blonde girl who's like Renera. I just call her Daenerys the whole time. It's just easier for me. It, um, you know, it, I'm going to try not to do that on the podcast. I can see where that would be frustrating. But she's the heir to the Iron Throne. She's pretty pumped up. But she's a woman. You know, people people don't love that. I, I love it. You know, me, a lover of equality. But uh, her dad, the king, he gets remarried to her friend, who uh, I'm under the impression is like 19. And uh, they do it. And now they have a kid, Aegon, who's a boy. And this was all foretold in his prophecy. And now she's not going to be the queen anymore. And she's pretty pissed off. Yes, very good, very good. And uh, I mean, coming into this episode, we are taking in another ginormous uh, time jump. You are asking the audience to sort of do extra legwork of trying to fill in the gap of what's happened in between these two episodes, which is actually three years of time. But uh, you know what didn't happen in three years? Uh, Rhaenyra sort of thawing out on her anger. She still has so much rage for the fact that her father is her BFF. I mean, the relationship dynamics between those three have shifted very greatly between this episode and the last episode. Uh, a lot of things have changed. Uh, yeah, they absolutely have. And the time jump thing is confusing. Like when you look up the cast of this show on Google, you see people and you're like, 
wait, they're not in the show. And it's because these actors and actresses are about to change uh, as early as next week as they start to get older. It's not going to be like, oh, we're going to pretend that this girl is 28 now instead of 22, which is what she is supposed to be in the show. Uh, we are literally going to replace her with an entirely different person. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even notice that we had like a complete character change no, it hasn't happened yet. It, it's uh, going to happen this week or next week. But like Renera, uh, completely different person starting next week or the week after. So like main characters are going to change. I'm assuming the king will be the same. You know, the ones that are like adults, you know, they can probably make them look older and whatnot. But uh, the, the younger part of the cast, uh, Hightower, the, the king's new wife, that is going to be a new person as well, at least from what I have read. So that is going to make an already confusing show 10 times more confusing. Wow. So we are covering kind of an insane amount of time during the course of what is planning to be, I guess, eight episodes um, so yeah, I guess we're going to continue to jump through time. That is very crazy. Did not know that. Yeah. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. I'm assuming they'll help us by like saying their name a lot in these first few scenes. So we're like, okay, that's this person. Now that's this person. Um, the King, I can't tell whether he's like a bad dude or a good dude. I can't really get a read on him. Uh, it just looks like he drinks a lot. You know, he, he goes out with those boars, which have been proven to be dangerous in Game of Thrones in the past. Season one, I believe that's what killed the first king we ever had on the show was was that boar, uh, deadly wound. And he's just out there kind of chilling, drinking. He he seems to live a, a pretty reckless life. And uh, again, don't come here for predictions, but I do feel like because he drinks so much and he does feel relatively careless at times, he's probably going to like die sooner than expected. Yeah, I definitely have that in my notes that we can definitely expect him to pass away like pretty immediately. Like he is seen getting like maggot treatments from sores he has from being Ew, on the throne. So gross. And yeah. he like can't even kill this deer that's like tied up by several people. They have to be like, hey, my brother, uh, a little bit to the left there, just one more try. And he's like mustering up all the strength in his body to kill this deer and like you said he just seems drunk like a lot of the time and i think one pivotal moment that we had this episode with the king is like one drunk moment he has when he actually whispers to allison like maybe i did make a mistake and maybe Aegon should be the heir to the throne so really like let's just get into sort of like what happened this episode from the top. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Why don't you get us started? Okay, so we sort of start out with this uh, battle going on in Stepstone with Battle and, I mean, with Damon and Corliss, and it is not going well. Uh, every time they bring their dragon out, the people are just sort of taking cover in the caves, and so they are not able to, like, really get anywhere find their footing in this battle 
Then uh, we're introduced to Prince Aegon. This is a very big plot twist from the time jump. We have a brand new prince and everyone is sort of pressuring the king to name him as the new heir because he is, in fact, the firstborn son of the king. The true heir. Yeah. Yes. Okay, and then um, Rhaenyra is commanded to participate in a hunt, and we see Alicent kind of pulling rank on Rhaenyra, which, again, is an interesting shift in the dynamic between the girls because Rhaenyra is so, like, pouty and full of attitude, and she clearly feels betrayed by Alicent and her father. And Alicent is, again, super pregnant for presumably the second time, And Rhaenyra is also being pressured to follow suit and marry and have children very soon. But she's not very into that idea. Um, It's a a weird spot for Rhaenyra to be in, right? I mean, like, uh, you look back at the Hannah Montana show, for example. You know, who was Hannah Montana's best friend? Is that Lily? Is that right? Yes, Lily Trescott. Yeah, so so that's like Lily uh, getting with Billy Ray. You know, and it's like, what are you going to do now, Hannah? You know, you were a big star, and now I'm with your dad. Now I'm going to pull rank on you. It, it's kind of like that. I'm your stepmom now. Call me mom. Yeah. Call me queen. Uh, it is what it is. And you know what? If my son wants to be king, he might just go ahead and be king. We don't know. We don't know where Allison lies now. It's very interesting. Like, is she going to advocate for her son? Or is she going to advocate for Rhaenyra? And we see her being pressured by her father to be like, you need to sort of convince the king to give this role to Aegon. It's his birthright. And she's like, well, what of my son? Like, am I supposed to raise a good person having someone like steal the birthright of his sister? And he's like, no, you would be robbing Aegon of his birthright if you didn't give him the throne. So she's being pressured in a lot of different a lot of different directions and you really don't know what she's thinking. Yeah, I mean, which I, I kind of feel like everybody is right in a way, which Game of Thrones does have a way of like making you cheer for different sides, even though they're against each other, because you know, the Aegon camp, they got a point, the Renera side, they got a point. But at the end of the day, I mean it it is his birthright. He is the firstborn son. Of the king, and I feel like during the time jump, you're gonna see um, a high tower. The, the the mom, the you know Hannah Montana's best friend, she's going to start to advocate for her own son even more because you have to imagine that her and Renera's relationship is going to only become more estranged. It's only gonna get worse. Like there doesn't seem to be any level of like forgiveness being built on there. So I think as time goes by, five, eight, ten years, whatever we get on this time jump they're like definitely not going to be cool anymore. She's only going to get more confident in her son. And uh, Rhaenyra's kind of left out to drop. My dogs are getting rowdy. Yeah, your dogs totally agreeing with the point I made. Yeah, they love it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, okay. So totally agree with that. And then moving on, Alicent sort of talks to the king about aiding in the battle at the Stepstone. He doesn't really want to because he thinks it's going to make him look weak because they sort of started this 
war without his consent or anything. So for him to let it rage on and then step in at this point, it does sort of make him look weak. But at the same time, he really wants to be there for his brother and doesn't want him to like die. And Allison is like, okay, well, if you're going to piss people off, no matter what you do, why don't you go ahead and do something that's actually good for the realm? And so he does decide to go forward with helping out in this war. And, um, you know, Damon didn't really didn't really want the help. He's going to actually beat the messenger to death with a helmet when he finds out. Yeah, Damon is uh, he's a loose cannon. No, he's uh, I don't I don't know what his deal is. Another person that you're like, OK, you're probably the bad guy. I think I hate you. He's got like a, a super ugly face. And to get a little off topic here. You know when Damon is at that meeting and he's like talking about how he like didn't choose his wife, so I didn't, not of my choosing, but you know we may have a kid if I decide we we're gonna have one. And then you like look at his wife and his wife is like super hot and he's like just absolutely smacked. It's like what what's going on here? Okay, yes, but at one time he was like heir to the throne as well. Like he was supposed to be air over Rhaenyra so maybe that's why he was able to like get a few bitches but at this point I do see your point he uh yeah he's he's definitely not like known for like having an attractive face yeah yeah and Game of Thrones historically has been known for having uh, a ton of attractive people on the show uh male and female and Damon is is just not that but I mean he you know he is out there just uh absolutely destroying people with his damn dragons he definitely is. Um, more of that to come later on. Um, but now, Rhaenyra is going to call her dad out for wanting her to get married just so that he can replace her. And yeah. he tells her, you know what? That's actually not going to happen. You have misjudged me, Rhaenyra, and I put it on your mother's memory that you will not be supplanted. And you do actually still have to get married, but you can choose sort of who you want to marry. It doesn't just have to be for advantage because I just want you to be happy. Yeah, which I think he actually meant, but he's also so drunk all the time. Like You don't you don't know. I mean, he's, he's going to change his mind a million times. 12 years are going to go by next week. Agree, but I mean, I I like the king because I do feel like he's like, Listen, Otto, I know I could command her to do whatever I wanted because I'm the king, but I don't wish to do that. I just want her to be happy. So I feel like he's just like a big old softy. I don't care if you turn, turn up a little bit like here and there. I mean, it's not the best look for the king, but at least he has good intentions. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's a king. I'm, I hear him like doing whatever he wants all the time. You know, it makes sense. He's a king. He has a right to do that, but I don't know. And just, I feel like his uh, his new wife is going to get in his head, and and Rhaenyra is kind of going to start to resent him as Aegon gets older and whatnot. But yeah, it it was kind of a nice moment to be like, you know, you're still my daughter. I still love you. Why don't you go dance with somebody under the light of a thousand stars, and maybe you fall in love with them, maybe you don't. Do what you want. Yeah, very sweet message. I think he yeah. he came across pretty well there. Okay, but now we're back at the battle, and these soldiers at. Uh, Stepstone, they are going to formulate a plan to distract the crab feeders and force them out of their caves so that they can then set them ablaze with their dragons. But 
the person who has to volunteer to be a distraction is a madman who is on a suicide mission just like walking to his death. But then, seconds later, Damon gets the letter from the king. This is when he's going to beat that guy up with his helmet. And we're going to end up in this episode with like an epic battle scene that starts with Damon sort of raising a white flag that's like seemingly forfeiting the battle. Yeah, I mean, he, he's outnumbered. You know, he, he just is. He's, he gets it's cornered a little bit like uh, Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards, and then he gets saved at the last second. Like, you're definitely looking at it like he's going down, but but where are the dragons? The dragons are somewhere. And, and sure enough, they, they were. Yeah. I mean, it sort of works. Like, he's waving the flag, and they're, the crab feeders and the people, I mean, they're intrigued. They're slowly coming out from the caves to, like, surround him and be like, so... So you're done. You're ready to die. And um, he even like gives up his sword to his opponent. But then he whips out a knife and goes to town. And one thing that we learn about Damon is that he is lethal. I mean, I would coin him like the lethal gymnast because he's doing somersaults and shit, but like in a deadly way, like he's doing them to kill. He bodies like 15 people before he catches a single arrow and he does end up getting cornered and like fully surrounded and things are looking super grim, but then the dragons show up. Doi, you knew they were going to, that was the plan. And it kind of ends with Damon just dragging the crab feeder's torso with blood all over his face. Uh, those archers, though, I mean, uh, they're, they're just terrible. I mean, what are we doing? Like, th There's a million of them. They're supposed to have some calculated formula as to where one of them is going to be able to hit Damon. And they just can't. And I refuse to give Damon a ton of credit for that. Like, th Those archers have to be better right there. You have one job. I mean, you would think, but also there's like a whole dragon and we did see Damon take a few arrows there at the end. Like there was one in his leg and like it looked like there were some in his chest, but he also had like a bunch of like shields on him. So I don't know if that was like actually in his skin or just sort of in his like equipment, but he was down bad if it wasn't for the dragons showing up. But it does seem like in the end he was able to pull out a victory without the help of King's Landing. And this is sort of something that he can – a feather that he can put in his cap as to like, okay, this is something that I did for the realm. Put some respect on my name. How about that? Yeah, Um you know, I don't ever think that death is a reasonable thing to risk for pride. But he did do it, and, and these these dragons, have you noticed how skinny they are? I mean, they're, they're skinny dragons. I mean, honestly, like, I'm not, I'm not that impressed with the CGI of the dragon. Yeah. Did you think it looked, like, pretty fakey? I, I think it looks worse than it did in the real Game of Thrones show, for sure. And, you know, maybe that's something they can uh, go back and fix and edit in in time but that it definitely feels lazy less polished i don't know it it just has a different vibe and, and like the faces are the same it's like the flying and the actual battle scenes because it's still like you're watching you're like okay i 
feel like I'm watching Game of Thrones. Crazy battle scene going on, dragon going nuts, knocking out all these archers in one fell swoop. But there's something about it, though. It does feel faker than before. And I don't know if CGI has become more expensive. I, Marvel uses a ton of CGI. And now there's this She-Hulk show, which apparently features Megan Thee Stallion. I have not tuned in yet. But like the CGI on the She-Hulk show, uh, it's hard to say, is like really, really bad. Everybody's making fun of it on Twitter. So maybe they're connected somehow. And I don't, I don't know how much that stuff costs, but it's definitely worse than the real show. Yeah, I have to completely agree. It sort of like pulls me out of it. And that's one part that I sort of was like excited about. Like I like dinosaurs and dragons and stuff yeah. like that. And it just sort of it's it's not as impressive. I agree. I thought it was it was depicted better on the original show, which is a bummer because at the end of the day, the show is called the house of dragons. Like if you're going to emphasize the dragons, it should be on this show. So maybe we're just not allocating our budget appropriately. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I have read articles about like the co showrunner like stepped back this week. Um, I don't even know how to say his name. It's like Sir Podchnik or something like that is no longer going to be with the show. So I don't really know what that means for us. But also we were renewed for a season two. So I don't think the show's in any like peril or anything. But, uh, you know, just something of note. Yeah, I mean, it could be that they have to pay all these different people to be on the show. You know, it's not like... Obviously, Game of Thrones has always had a massive cast. I mean, for five or six seasons, we are following two or three different storylines story when these people are just never anywhere near each other, never in the same room. And now it's like similar things are going on, but you're, you're signing all these different people, 18-year-old version, 30-year-old version. Who knows how far this thing goes? So, you know, maybe they just don't have the, like the salary cap open enough to sign some prettier dragons. Yeah, I don't pretend to know what goes on behind the scenes, but I just want to say like those dragons are not real and I want to be able to like feel the heat from my TV screen when it is scorching the earth. But uh, I mean, they did have some cool stuff like we saw that dragon just like step on that one dude. I mean, that was kind of cool. Yeah, dude with uh, his palms like nailed to the wood or whatever, like Jesus yeah, he was like, thank you, thank you, Lord Damon, for coming to save me. And Damon was like, F you, my dragon doesn't care about you. You're dead immediately. Yeah, yeah. so some pretty good pretty good stuff from this episode. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm less excited now that I'm hearing about all these time jumps. I mean, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to have to change out the characters because right now we have a two-year-old. Next episode, he'll probably be like, mid 30s or something at this rate so we'll have to get like a mid 30s guy to come in and play Aegon. yeah i think it's 12 years i i, I really do I, th I think the king is going from 48 to 60 and um uh renera is going from 22 to 34 and and things like that so i i do think it's 12 years so that that is pretty significant and like you touched on earlier like having to fill in these gaps i mean it's not like they don't explain stuff to you. I just feel like the way that Game of Thrones shows explain stuff to you, you have to see it two or three times before you really understand. I mean, you can rewatch the main show and you're still picking up on a ton of things that you didn't see the first, second, or third time around. 
Yeah, that's why people come and like listen to podcasts about it. And, you know, we're not here with any like new information for you. We don't know what's going on, but uh, we're just here watching along, trying to have a good time. I mean, just fans of the show. What do you want from me? Yeah, exactly. This is more of a you are not alone. You're confused. We're also confused. Let's let's figure it out together. That's that's uh, really all we can do. But it has been enjoyable. Like the first episode, was, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get into this. Maybe this is gonna be one of those things I have to binge watch. That's what Austin said. Like uh, I thought Austin would be really really good to have on this because he's very very intelligent, well rounded when it comes to watching TV. And he was like, yeah, I've only seen episode one. Like, I have to wait to binge watch it because when a week goes by, I feel like I just forget everything and I start from ground zero anyway. Which, you know, obviously this is going to be a primetime show. There's going to be one episode a week. Anybody could have told you that when it was announced. But it does feel like a show that if you waited until the end and watched it all at once, it would be easier to digest. Yeah, I mean, I'm so over these, like, shows that are just once a week. It really is unbearable i am so bored and i'm watching like 25 different shows at once it's hard to keep up with i'm just trying to like knock it out in a binge session there's nothing wrong with that yeah i think there's positives and negatives to both i I do think it's nice to have something to look forward to something that you don't finish in one or two days and then you're like okay two more years until a new season or it's just gone forever so i i do like that part of it but i think in terms of understanding a show and really, really getting into it, the binge watching way is uh, is better for that. Mm, fair. Okay. One last final takeaway, and then I'm done. Is okay. This episode, we met a young gentleman named Jason Lannister, and I just honestly did not know that in a show like this, in a time period like this that you're allowed to just have like a basic white boy name of just Jason. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I don't really have any thoughts on that. He was trying to, he was trying to holler at Renera, let her know, Hey, up here, you can see everything. And she doesn't, she doesn't seem to be having it from him, but yeah, I d- didn't pick up on it. Not a very creative name for the time period for sure. Um, you know, we did we did kind of follow a John for a really long time in the original show. So true, but John's more like classic. Everyone else is like Tyrion and Aegon and I don't know Rhaenyra. You know, Daenerys, you know. Cersei. But we also had a Jamie. You know, so Jamie and Jason and you know. So okay, there, there's a little bit. I, I do agree though. More exotic names than not on the show. Um, but it, it has been fun. We'll be back next week. Uh, final thing, uh, TS10 announced while you were gone. Uh, Midnight's um, pretty exciting. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, just so embarrassing that like a week before you were like, what's Taylor Swift doing? And I'm like, I don't know, probably just in Britain. And meanwhile, she just was like days away from announcing this. And I'm just so excited. It's going to be so good. 13 sleepless nights give it to me i've pre-ordered my vinyl i can't wait yeah gonna be some sad taylor it sounds like which um you know i think all versions of taylor are enjoyable these are gonna be new songs correct yes and rumor has it like this is the first album that jack antonoff has not produced since red so Hmm. 
a lot of the fans are speculating that that means that she just like did it all by herself, which would not be surprising and is very exciting. I just can't wait to see what she has in store. Uh, 13 songs seems pretty short. Uh, it's yeah. been a while since she's had an album with only 13 songs on it, but um, hopefully they're all of good quality. Can't wait to hear. Yeah, I think it's a good move by her to kind of take a break from the re-recording aspect and and put some new stuff out there. And she's she has done a good job of the from the vault type things on these re-recorded albums where you get some of the old and then a little bit of things you've never heard before. So uh, I'm I'm excited about it as well. Kind of took over social media for a couple of days. Uh, she's always full of surprises. So Midnight's what's the date? October 21st. 21st. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. TS10's back. Uh, House of Dragon next week. Uh, 900 million football games to consume this weekend. Things are looking up. Lexi, Alexis. Okay. That's enough. Anything else? Boo football. Okay. I don't know why. I, I may have to just cut that out. I mean, I just doesn't doesn't fit with the rest of the episode. It's my but, truth. Okay, yeah, you're. Yeah, now I can't cut it out. Okay, that was Lexi, Car- Lexi Browning, Alexis Carico, <laughs> and her truth. What a oh. segment! We'll be back next week. Um, until next time. T T Y L. Goodbye. <laughs>